everybody, welcome back to the IGM Movies Podcast. Keeping it real, Jim, Roth, and Chris Carl here to bring you the latest in genre movie news, rumor, and scuttlebutt. And speculation. Speculation. And straight up lies. <laughs> just, <laughs> sometimes just complete bars. Ours and others. Malarkey, <laughs> as they said in the other country. Now, let's, uh, let's uh, talk about uh, last weekend where... Uh, the Amer- where American Sniper remained number one yet again at the box How office. How many weeks is that now? Four? Uh, yeah, four it was weeks? its fourth week. Uh, fourth weekend, I shouldn't say. It wasn't released before This that. is it. Until it met a man named SpongeBob. Yeah, SpongeBob is expected to uh, to topple it this I weekend. I love that, by the way. I really, really think that's just that's like, American so amazing. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, and then along comes Mr. SquarePants. By the way... Have you guys seen, I know you have, I know you have, because we've talked about it, the poster for Spongebob Squarepants <laughs> that takes off on Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. So Mr. Squarepants will see you now. And then they have ones of Jurassic World, and I think Terminator is another He's one. I would rather talk about the Spongebob abs. Like uh, the fact that SpongeBob now has like abs, where it's like, he's oh, yeah, in the Marvel the diet. Yeah, there was this awesome, awesome um, artist who a few years ago, maybe like five, six years ago, used to put out a yearly calendar called Labs with Abs, and it was basically like all these scientists? like no, 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 like Labrador retrievers <laughs> <laughs> with abs, but it was like cartoon drawings. It was the funniest. Oh my god, Labs with funny. Abs, check it out. Um, one thing about last, there are actually two little things I want to talk about about last week's box office. Uh, last weekend's, um, you know, Project Almanac opened at 8.3, uh, and it's got some people uh, suggesting, are, are, is that it really for fond footage movies? No way. No. Yeah. no. No. That's it for that franchise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, I think found footage is fine. I think Paranormal is going to come out to good yep. numbers yeah. and you'll be fine. I actually have a, I'm sorry, I have a uh, uh, an interview up on the site with Jason Blum of, uh, I'm sorry, Blum of Blumhouse Productions uh, and he's the producer in The Purge and Paranormal and this sort of micro-budget stuff and he got into sort of the nitty-gritty of, of um, you know, doing micro-budget stuff and just keeping your expectations reasonable and stuff like that. And so if you guys want to check it out at IGN.com slash movies by this guy, <laughs> please do. We've, we've talked about it a lot, but like interview. small budgets, you know, they, they lower the ceiling for success. So you can have movies like, even, even effects movies like Underworld and Resident Evil, um, you can make them at a much lower budget and then, and then, you know, like we've, we're kind of missing that mid-range movie now. Yeah, it's all it kind of for a while, yeah. it's well, it's all kind of in that in that vein, like the underworlds and stuff. That's where that kind of gets done lately. But yeah. like, it's funny, micro budget, different thing, totally. Billy Bob Thornton was talking about that in a kind of a different manner, like about how when he was coming up as an actor, that you know he and sort in like his group of actors were looked for those mid-range budget movies that did really cool character work. Yeah. But that all of that is now on TV. And that's right. all now in limited series on TV. So that's why you've got your McConaughey's like, and your Billy Bob Thornton's going and the to character TV. work and like yeah. movies he did like I, mm-hmm. I believe it was on Deadly Ground where mm-hmm. he played Michael Caine's henchman to uh, Steven Seagal and said, I want you to guard that like it's your sister's cherry. <laughs> And then he was oh, also I'll, I'll in have Tombstone. The, I'll have the intense reaction. When he was, <laughs> so when he was, the, when he was fat and he was in Tombstone, he's like, uh, something like, uh, he goes off and he's like, it's like playing with my sister's kids. You know, I'm going to blow you up that wildcat's ass. And he has all these lines. And then Kurt Russell totally just bitch slaps him in the... How good doing, is the cast of Tombstone? Are we just doing right? our Billy Bob impressions now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Dan. Well, uh, it's so great. That cast is so great. It's just so great. I'm Tombstone's cast Tombstone. is just—it's amazing, yeah. top to bottom, amazing. Dude, there's so many people just like throwaway. Cedar like, Lang, Jason Priestley is like Jason the, Priestley's you know, in the damn Billy thing. Zane. How great is that? And Billy um, Doc Holiday. Oh, Doc Kilmer. Yeah, Doc Kilmer. Yes, yeah, he's awesome. Um, okay, one last thing though about this last has weekend's been a random array of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> last weekend's box office uh, that kind of hits on your purview, Roth. Uh, um, Game of Thrones uh, was released in in uh, limited IMAX release last weekend, and it made 1.5 million. Is that Good or was it not enough of an event thing? Like if they want to do Game of Thrones again, and Joshua Yale and I had kind of a conversation about this, about like, okay, well, how do you make it like a bigger deal? But like, like 1.5 million is not the sneeze at, but like it wasn't. It didn't seem like it turned out to be the event yeah. thing. Well, like, how do you gauge that? And what what which episode do you show? I think those are like 
the yeah. weird they, they parts did, of that. They did. Um, they also had uh, Doctor Who released in theaters. I mean, I'm not sure what they're expecting to yield or like what anybody, what the numbers they're expecting to yield from that. Right. But the really, the only way that you're really going to eventize that is to show an episode that hasn't screened yet yeah. on on HBO and HBO is never going to allow Joshua that. Uh, suggested, I think it was Joshua suggested doing like, what if the actual finale was yeah, a but, feature film? But why would HBO allow that? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, here's, yeah. but here's an interesting thing though, like what if you made that film available, or not film, but like what if you made that episode available like midnight before it was going to come on cable in an IMAX format? And, Again, and make I'm money HBO on both things. And I'm like, no. Yeah, but you make money on both things. Yeah, so there's a lot money. of people who are not going to motivate to go to the movies, but those who do, you get them an, at an IMAX ticket price. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's certainly one way to do it. I mean, another way to do it is to create sort of like a ancillary story or episode or like a special event kind That'd of thing awesome. that that is not tied into the season. And so that what you if can they did like one of the, the prequel, yeah. like some of his uh, his kind of like prequel story stuff like that? I don't think people. I think it would have to be these characters because the prequel story I think takes place one. I haven't read it yet, but I think it's a hundred years prior, maybe oh, even right, more. Right. Um, so I don't know that people will be drawn to that. But if there was some kind of ancillary thing that they could explore, like, almost like Marvel one shots. Yeah, like a one shot or something like that. That was even a short film. That, that that showed on an IMAX? I mean, I'll tell you, I would have motivated out of my oh, house yeah, that yeah. night. I would say anything... I had a screening that night, actually, for a movie we'll talk about uh, later. Anything from the history of Game of Thrones, basically would interest me enough to go to the theater. Yeah. Like if they were like, I'm gonna we're gonna make a two hour essentially episode, you know, about this. I would chunk watch time. George R. R. Martin just they, type for two what hours. If they, what if they did what if they did like a short film that was about the, the Targaryens coming in and taking over. Yeah, exactly. With their dragons. Yeah. Oh right? That would make money. That's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> that would make money. Would there make you money. go. As a result there we go. of That's how, We're telling Game of Thrones how to make money. Make money. Because apparently they suck at it. Make but money. They're doing no. all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, but to, the found footage thing, since we got on it off it, I feel like everybody's reaction to something when it doesn't work is like, that's over now. And it's like, it's over until someone <laughs> does one that's good that people yeah. like again. And not only that, there's <laughs> other <laughs> things in the pipeline that are already sure bets, like yeah. paranormal. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, let's... Uh, you know what, let's switch it up and talk about, you know, since we're already talking about box office, let's just talk about this, what's coming up this week and then we can have kind of sure. a broader conversation. Switching uh, it up. Yeah, yeah, we're keeping it real. Oh, right here. Um, you the, You mentioned you had a, a movie and it was, uh, I believe it was Jupiter Sending. It was. And I ended up seeing it yesterday. Uh, Max Nicholson reviewed it for us and he gave it a, a score of okay. And I think that's fair. I, I, I went in there expecting an utter... Train wreck, yeah, and actually found it to be kind of dopey fun, like Red Sonia level. No. no, like like parts of if you can imagine parts of Dune yeah. and parts of the 1980 Flash Gordon. That's what with I a, thought with a weird Brazil segue. Yeah, at one point. that's that's exactly what I thought. I was like, because I'm going to tell you right now, for the first about quarter of that movie, I was like, I don't know, I think it's kind of fun, y'all. Like, yeah, I'm like, watching. I was like, thinking this like, oh, man, bad, yeah. I'm going to be the weird person that like likes this movie that everybody hates because I thought it was really fun and it did remind me. I loved Flash Gordon so yeah. much yeah, yeah, as a kid. And so uh, as an adult, I love it. And yeah. as an adult yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so it did kind of remind me of that like fun, goofy space adventure. Yeah, I mean, it's got the fact that people are living on a planet that yeah. just by sheer gravity pull you could not exist on this yeah. planet like they have aliens living on Jupiter and they None have and they have like winged lizards and like yeah. the kind of stuff like Alex Raymond the guy who created Flash Gordon would love this love movie that stuff. you know but so. the and it's like really cool world building yeah. it's um really um fun visuals but the problem is is that they a harken back thematically to something they already covered in a better way with the matrix I'm not going to mm. say what but do you know what I'm talking about? Um, and then secondly is that towards, and apparently this is a totally recut version of the movie, like the first version was completely different than this. Mm. It just frankly, it gets kind of cheesy. You know, the love story is really just kind of forced and cheesy. It doesn't really work. There's not a ton of chemistry between them. Um, and then there's there's things that don't entirely pay off. It's got there's the some, same ending twice too. Like it's got there, the same it has exact one too many villains. Twice. Like it, basically, and this is where the Dune kind of comparison I made come in is that there are basically these. It's made up of these kind of like competing 
siblings. So you have the, and there are these different powerful houses throughout the galaxy, and it's really a commerce-driven thing, yeah. kind of like the way Spice mm, was. Trade Federation, maybe. Exactly. Uh, but in this, they have, um, basically, and it's this kind of like Shakespearean thing of three, excuse me, three kids vying for essentially their mom's inheritance, if you will. Right, mm. except, and that's the other thing, is that one of the siblings is a completely useless character. And who like, disappears. They who disappears. Comes at one point, you're like, well, in, we didn't need you. We didn't need her at all. And yeah. like, there, you could have condensed it down to these two siblings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't need the third one at all. I mean, there's just weird structural story problems like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not, I don't think it is the full-scale disaster that we'd been talking Oh, yeah, no, about. it's actually, and, and it's far more an understandable story than the trailer would ever have you yeah. think. Like, it's, oh, it's pretty easy to follow, to follow you know? It's but like, it's almost too easy to follow. Like It's, it's an just, old serial that yeah. they just, it's too self-serious, though, in that Sometimes way. Sometimes I yeah. eat old cereal. <laughs> that, that, like, you almost, you almost you can't just, always get to the grocery store, you, huh? you want them to, there's so much in the character decisions that, Right. There's the same sequence twice in a row, which is yeah. this big chase sequence and this big saving yeah. of the day sequence. That's one Save issue. The day. Um, <laughs> Jupiter, who's Mila Kunis's character, is meant to be the center. Like she's like the Neo. She's Cinderella am, in space I, too. She's basically the problem is is she's there. She's sort of Neo, but she's like the one. But she's more Cinderella, and she's definitely. And I don't have a problem with this. But she is so much a damsel in distress that I'm like, well, I'm not sure. A friend what you're... of ours said that she only has two forms of transportation: falling, yeah. and being carried. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and that's she, the only way she and gets she's around. And she's also in the like they set her up as this character that's like sort of cynical and she doesn't trust the world because of these events that have happened. And she hates and then, her life and, and she, all that sort of And then life. she makes this really insanely rash decision that's a dumb choice to make. That you're like, why would this girl make that yeah. choice? You know, yeah. what I'm she seemed too too old too to be that naive no, you know what yeah, I mean? like definitely. you really this is a movie that screamed for like a 16 year old when you get somebody who's 30 yeah. they seem a little too worldwide or, you know uh, wise in the ways of the world to fall for some of this crap but um but, but the thing that, is like it's a cheesy movie that was trying to take itself seriously at times it should have taken the gone full flash gone gordon a, yeah. and embrace the cheese and be a space opera and yeah. i think that way it would have been a lot more fun and one last observation and from what i found out after the fact um uh even channing tatum himself pointed this out but like his character and this isn't a spoiler you can tell from his look like he is um a lot of these uh alien splices they call them are have animal and humanoid dna right so he's like a part wolf, part dog in him. So I'm like, so he's a serious version of John Candy in Spaceballs. Yeah. He's barf. Yeah, he's basically barf. I, I will say though that I, I liked Mila Kunis and I liked Channing Tatum. I mean, I, yeah. I, the, the one performer, um, I liked them a lot. I just didn't think that the, I thought the love story was a little but forced. Eddie Redmayne. There was a the lot that was fun about it, but Eddie Redmayne, okay. I'm gonna do mine. You do. He's got Swedish fish <laughs> for lips. First of all, it's very Eddie distracting. Redmayne, by the way, but it does this Voldemort. And then, whisper. so he's doing that <laughs> for the first time. And then he goes. Mila Kunis will ask him a simple question, like, "Did say ask me? Did I do it?" Did, oh wait. You're Mila did, Kunis. Did you do it? How dare you? Yeah, pretty like, much. That's it's like pretty much nobody pulled him back. Nobody was like, "Hey, Eddie, you're at like hey, a bro. 97 million and a half. I need you at like a seven. Yeah, I just yeah. love how he is probably going to beat Michael Man. Keaton for best actor. He's won some of the key awards now, leading up to the Oscars. And uh, Julianne Moore is like a lock for best actress. And they're both opening in movies this weekend that are not very good and not representational of their representative. I'm sorry of their talent. Here's I what I'm hoping for Oscar it. night. I'm hoping that they give Leonardo DiCaprio the Oscar from last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him, honestly. Like, I think that, that he was just making some choices that somebody needed to talk to him about. But look, I mean, they, these, these, these directors are, you know, they have such a fun vision. They create fun worlds, enjoyable um, creative, unique worlds to visit. I like that kind of thing. It's just they need somebody else to write their scripts for them. Yeah. Here's a question: How is is Warner Brothers going to stick with them? No, I don't. I can like tell you. They like they, there's mean, like a lot they, of money they lose, potentially being lost look, here. Claude Atlas flopped. Yeah. Speed Racer flopped. This is probably going to flop. It is not tracking well. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like they're kind of in the Michael Mann movie jail now. I'm, I'm with like I'm with Roth. auteurs, but they're kind of self-indulgent, frankly, and they spend yeah. too much money. Yeah, I'm with Rob. I money. like their worlds and, and so forth, and I, I even liked I liked Speed Racer. I know a lot of people don't. I thought that movie was super fun, but yeah, you know, ultimately it's it comes down to it being a business, and and if you're not putting butts in seats, then that's a problem, and people you know will cut losses eventually. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're allowed to make this movie. I'm shocked yeah, that after after the last two, I'm shocked yeah. that they were allowed. To, but I think this is like three strikes are out. Like, I I just don't think. Because the problem is they would have to go back and make a, make a movie on a much smaller budget. They'd to have prove, to do a fourth Matrix, I think, to get their, out of yeah, movie jail. To prove their merit again. But, the, but I don't think they have a clue how to make a movie without these insane budgets anymore. Because they're, look, the money they spent is up there. It's really good looking. But all, their, all the problems are yeah. on paper. Silly, but it's good looking. All the problems with that, with Black Hat, with all these big expensive movies, Seven Sun, and we'll get to that in a minute, um, it's all on paper. Yeah. And it doesn't cost much to fix what's on paper. And when that doesn't happen, then, sorry, I don't really feel bad when your movie tanks because you well, had plenty of chances to fix it before, you know, uh, stockholders' stuff yeah. was on the line. You know? I would say Ryan Reynolds made an interesting statement this week. And he was speaking about Deadpool and how it's going to be different than, you know, uh, the Green previous Lantern. iteration of Deadpool and Green Lantern, most specifically. He basically was saying, you know, Green Lantern... It, the actors didn't have a choice on a script. They just went in and read some stuff. Didn't know what they were getting into necessarily. I think that's often the case. You kind of can't blame yeah. um, actors for their projects just want in that way. You know, you want a cool gig like that. Um, you know, but I think that's the problem with some of the superhero stuff and some of the really big budget stuff is that you know you have what is essentially 20, min 20 minutes of the film that says you know exciting space chase. You know, like yeah. that is, that's what's written in that, in that period of time. And so like all the connective material has to be so much better to carry that. But like the thing that makes Marvel movies so good is that action informs the story. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not there just to be a set piece. Well, it's not a single. The story informs the action. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, it's it's not a single sentence in yeah. the script that's like, and then they fight because we have to put a fight in here. Yeah. It's like this these characters are coming into conflict because it's going to yield something. Yeah. Because there's the thematic reason for it. I mean, it does remind me of like Pixar where their mantra really is story comes first to the point where they'll push a movie a whole year to go and basically scrap a huge chunk of it and do it over again. But I, yeah. I think that when you when you have something where that you have a movie that's able to be entirely recut almost to the point that it's an unrecognizable story, hmm. um, which is what happened, it's, is my understanding with Jupiter Ascending, um, then there's a big problem because that means there was no cohesive story there to begin, which was why ultimately there's no really cohesive story on the screen because it was just yeah. never there. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Green Lantern. And again, you have the, all of the ingredients for something really fun with this movie that, you know, it's got a great cast. I love yeah. all these people. Um, they're just, none of them are really in the same film, yeah. you know, at a certain yeah. point. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to see them get another chance. I just don't see how it's possible. Go back to Bound. Do something like that again. You know, go back to something really small, really tight. Keep the story strong. Two hundred million dollar version of Bound. <laughs> be. Yeah. Uh, now, Hot. Seven Sun is also opening up this weekend, and that uh, is uh, that's been a can that's been kicked down the road now for a couple yeah. of years. They filmed that I think in 2012. Because I remember being at Comic Con when they just only had concept art to show. And now here we are, uh, two distributors later, and it's finally coming out. You know, uh, I believe it was Warner Brothers who was supposed to do it, and then they, they and the production company who's footing the bill on this one, uh, Legendary, split, and now it's at Universal. Uh, between Black Hat and Seven Sun, uh, Legendary is looking at some pretty huge write-downs. Like, they already took something like an $80 million one on... Uh, on Seven Sun yeah. when it got pushed the first time, like over a year. Yeah. And now on Black Hat, they're looking at like another 70 to 90 million. Maybe they got some profits to make up for. <laughs> I mean, but it makes you I'm wonder kidding. like, okay, you made money when it was existing IP like Batman and Superman. Can you, uh, is legendary, do you think, are they going to be around in five years? I mean, I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah. But they're not. This is a big hit for a smaller company. And back you know? to back, 
and back know. to back. I think, yeah. they, I think they're a smart company, and I think they do actually know what they're doing. Yeah. It's just. And I like those guys over there. I like Thomas Tall and yeah. Jim J. I, I've been able to meet them, and they're actually, they're very smart. And, yeah. And, and they're geeks too. They yeah. know their stuff. Like. I think that I, I think I think they will turn this round upside down, turn the ship around, yeah. right the wrong. Godzilla. I don't know. Yeah, I love Godzilla. Steer a new course. I mean, that's the thing is like they, they've got towards morning. they've got <laughs> Godzilla, <laughs> you know, um, and and so there's possibilities. I don't know. I mean, like I think they can turn this round upside down too, but I think <laughs> it's probably gonna, they're going to feel it more than Warner yeah. Brothers. Well, they would, also have Jurassic you know? World coming up, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I do want to talk I mean, a little that bit might more. Might write some wrongs there, <laughs> like yeah. Jurassic World. Seven Sun though is uh, it, it's it's not quite the like Jupiter Sunny. It's not quite the train wreck I thought it would be. It's not good. I wouldn't necessarily. It's its biggest problem. Outside of just being mediocre, is that it's just it's such generic fantasy. It's and this is it's something I feel like could be said of a lot of fantasy films: boring white people in beautiful places. <laughs> That's basically what it is: cookie cutter, cardboard characters, and like I'm sorry, but like no, don't mean to slam them, but like Ben Barnes is kind of like. It's another like Sam Worthington type where you're like, you're just not that interesting a screen person. Well, you don't want actually, when you go to the movies, I feel like the there's a mistake sometimes being made that people want a cipher for the audience. Mm -hmm. You don't. You want that in a video game. You don't want that in a movie. You want yeah. Han Solo out there. You want somebody who's gonna assert themselves and and you know, break out from the film. Like yeah. that's why that's why, you know, we talk a lot about Johnny Depp on this, but that's why Pirates succeeded in the first place, is that mm -hmm. There was something in that movie that you could hold on to, right. and had an identity. And some a movie like this, you see it, and you're just like, it's kind of like what Aragon did too. Like we're yeah. just like, is a bag yeah. dragons, you know? That's yeah. what's going on there. And then yeah. even <laughs> even Jeff I'll Bridges watch that though, movie, though. The pitch. <laughs> like Jeff Bridges is is like everyone loves Jeff Bridges. It's yeah. like loving hamburgers or whatever. Yeah. But like he or it is weed a lot. actually is probably similar better. to like, loving hamburgers. But, but well, he or uh, with nice weed. hamburger after. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but we do not condemn. He needs. He needs. Uh, oh, we brought the bell back. I just see. Uh, Ding. Ding. that bell. one. Um, he he needs to like stop doing his sort of rootin' tootin' thing like. Between this, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, he talks like a horse walks over the moon. He does this thing. I'm gonna need a lot of. I'm sorry. Did you guys see R.I.P.D.? No, I same shtick. He's got this. So he's got two big genre flops, flops, flops. Now on on his resume, I know it doesn't. And frankly, Tron Legacy didn't really help him much but either. But sitting in the midst of all of that was True Grit, be, which will yes. give him like 10 more misses. But it's the same, in my he keeps mind. playing and the crazy same heart. characters. Yeah. Crazy Heart. Crazy Heart, but you know, it's, it, I, I feel like that's that's a, that's your small movie that you do for your Oscar. I'm talking about the, the shtick that makes him the dude, like yeah. between playing the stoner that. and playing like the long well, hair, I'm gonna long make a confession guy. right now. I kind of like Tron and Legacy. I did. I thought mm -hmm. it was fun. No matter what, man, the dude abides. So the dude like, does abide. There's like my favorite. Caleb and I will quote this one part of Tron Legacy all the time, and it's when he comes up to himself and he's like, "Are we still going to change this world?" And Bridges <laughs> goes. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see uh, how these movies do this weekend. Let me see what they're tracking. See how fiercely out here. we defended Jeff Bridges, though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Yeah. Tron Legacy to me is one of those movies that's the same. Well, no, it's different than Jupiter Ascending, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's not good and you see all the flaws, but still, it's kind of, it I don't own it or anything, but it was kind of yeah. fun to be in that world. Yeah. Well, know, SpongeBob, the movie Bunk. Sponge Out of Water, is tracking to finally dethrone American Sniper. Uh, it's tracking at like 36.5 million, according to boxoffice.com. Uh, Jupiter Ascending is actually tracking for third place with around 19 million. But considering it costs something like uh, 175 is what I saw. Yeah, it's not, that's not, not including marketing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Although they, to be fair, they haven't spent a lot on marketing. Uh, yeah, Seven Sun tracking <laughs> 6.5 million. It's it's very telling for one thing that both of those movies are not staying away from each other. Yeah, like both studios are fine, just letting them exist on this weekend and 
Just come out. Just yeah. come out so we can put you on video. Yeah. Just put, just, it's like we're just getting so we all our big on ones out of the way, all the big tours. We're getting like Black Cat, Mordecai, Jupiter Ascending, Seventh Sun. Like, seriously, by the time we roll around to April, it's going to be nothing but gravy, I think. No, you know, that's how it always goes. Well, kind yeah. of. But like for a while, you know, like you had the Cloverfield kind of started a revolution yeah. there for a while. Well, where even Ghost Rider made money. Yeah, where, where there was kind of like a nice little uptick in January for a while. Mm -hmm. January and February movies were getting a little better. It's a little bit dog days again. I'm wondering if September is going to also have some dogs in it. I don't know. We'll I mean, see. we still we still have the possible. We still have money. So the surprise money makers too. Though we're yeah, having true. that this year too with American Sniper. SpongeBob yep. is going to make a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and I've yeah. heard it's like psychotically weird. Yeah. I mean, we've got a clip which makes me want to see it. See yeah. <laughs> we've got an exclusive clip on the site if you go to ign.com/movies. It's like the inside of SpongeBob's mind and yeah. it's seriously like some kind of LSD nightmare. <laughs> yes. But awesome. You know? I, it is amazing yes, to me that SpongeBob is still like a thing. Like that you could be that weird, that crazy, and still be around this long. You know? He's kind, kind of, of replaced, amazing. I was thinking this the other day, I was kind of replaced Ren and Stimpy in the you know, collective like consciousness, you know? Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it, there, there's that there's that sort of like out there kind of weird. And you know, Adventure Time is kind of in that in that in that frame too, but like SpongeBob it also has nostalgia factor. I think for the kids of today, Adventure Time is going to be that 10, 15 yeah. years from now. But SpongeBob has existed for a while now. And I think so do we think like both, both areas. Do, I mean, this is probably a better question for the channel surfing podcast. But like, it is funny to look back at sort of the legacy of how weird could cartoons get. Like, you know, yeah. like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck certainly were out there for the 1930s. Sure. But then you look at like, uh, you flash forward to like the 60s, you have like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And just sort of that. Or even like the fact that basically Scooby Doo was like a stoner show. Uh, Ralph Bakshi, anything? Yeah, Ralph. I mean it a hundred percent was. Yeah. But it's funny because a colleague, of, yeah, a colleague of ours, um, Drew McQueenie, yeah. it was actually I saw him the other day and he was talking about how psychotically. That's where I heard it was psychotically weird. Yeah. He brought his kids to see it and he was like, "It's so weird because they're getting postmodernism because it's like super self-reflexive and it breaks right. the fourth wall." And he's like, they're getting postmodernism so early that it's like, where do you go from there? That just a normal narrative is like, whoa, how weird. It just told a story. Where's the commentary within the Where's the commentary within the story? I just read this really interesting um, essay within the book, um, Eating the Dinosaur by Chuck Klosterman, which I everybody in the world should read, but we especially should read. Um, and it was interesting because they were talking. He was talking about like we live now in a society All that is eating a dinosaur. I'm sorry. That is that is. That is it's a reference to um, why time machines are essentially useless. Yeah. It's like what 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 do you need a time machine for except except to eat a dinosaur? That was. That's what you need it for. Um, Anthony Bourdain will be the world's first time exactly. traveler. Then. No reservation. Anyway, so so um, he he's basically saying like we live in a world now where. You know things like laugh tracks have made the the experience of media surreal, and so mm -hmm. like you know, growing up in a media influenced world, you have a laugh track informing the way that you should interact with other people in some way. And he makes a compelling argument, more way more compelling than I could make in a short time. But he's basically saying like, people now in the world like react to. It re react to each other in really media-informed ways. Yeah. And so that sarcasm and, and sort of subtle lying is the norm for all human interaction. It's like when somebody comes out and they're truly honest about something, you don't believe them. He was making an example about like Weezer and Rivers Como yeah. basically being like the most literal person ever to record albums. He's like, no, he's talking about this girl that he wants to be with in Japan and he can't be with her. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, it's a, you know, it's a, a it's, metaphor, it's for, a metaphor for this. And he's like, no, he's not. And the reason that we think he is, is because every message in the world now is couched in something else. And so it's, you're, you're right, like this generation coming up, they have, you know, they have to deal with sarcasm and innuendo and sort of like media messages. And people Rapid almost make these like weird and postmodernism, almost like Family Guy type uh, segues in, in the way that we speak in shorthand. Yeah. yeah. Like even within our own office, Eric Goldman will say some weird reference to something as like a punchline or a callback to something and we'll get it, but it's almost like you're ex half expecting there to be a cutaway to an animated 
I, vignette. In my mind, there <laughs> yeah. is a cutaway to an animated vignette. I, I mean, you guys know this. I sometimes answer my phone, yaddle. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's a reference to Star Wars yeah. female Yoda, you know? <laughs> and like, it is, uh, you know, it's like, it's like 16 jokes removed from where that came from. But that's how everybody interacts with each other now. So it's really interesting. You should read the book, Eating the Dinosaur, Chuck Klaus. And we want to know how you answer the phone and tell us in the comments below. Yaddle. <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's uh, let's move on from from all that because uh, boy, that was did my we favorite chat we we've went ever down had. we went down quite the wormhole we there. We digressed horribly. Um, I loved it. But speaking of dinosaurs and eating, oh. Jurassic World trailer <laughs> came out this week. So I want to talk about some of the, the the big new trailers that dropped not only at the Super Bowl but throughout the rest of the week. Uh, and we had a few really big ones, and it will be just this podcast luck. That as soon as we get out of here, the Batman v It'll Superman Dawn yeah, of Justice no, will, a trailer will drop and In we'll fact, have missed that. We are making it happen right I, now. I'm, we've just willed it into existence. Trip. You're yes. welcome. Uh, so, some of the big ones that dropped this week Jurassic World, Furious 7, yeah. uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, mm. which didn't really it give us anything. It seems boring. I'm but so disappointed. Magic Mike we'll XXL. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, and I'm kind of uh, conflicted on that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're excited. Should I like it as so, much as I do? You so like yeah, it well, just which that which much. trailer uh, which trailer did it for you, people? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll start with uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which okay. did nothing for me, and uh, that seems like the worst sex movie ever. <laughs> like, it seems like it takes any fun that sex could have been, and and well, we all know sex is fun, but like you you take that. I hope we do. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought I it was supposed to be grueling. If by, <laughs> by fun you mean crying all the time. No, but I'm saying, like, it just makes it seem soulless and so awful. And, like, is that what the book is like? I haven't read it. The I book thumbed is, through the, the book, book at is, Costco once. Oh, like, no. Ah. Okay, well. <laughs> Until it was over. <laughs> Talk to Mama because. Um, <laughs> Talk to Mama because. That's the, that's the name of your new solo podcast. Talk to Mama <laughs> Talk because. Talk to Mama because. Dot, dot, dot. And fill in the blank, whatever the topic is. It's actually not a bad Yes. It's funny because. Some colleagues of ours and I, um, we did like a, like just kind of to be stupid, we we did like a book club around Fifty Shades of Grey, and just one to be of, stupid, and you really wanted to read. It. One of the girls, <laughs> it's so horrible, it's so poorly written, it's appalling. But one of the girls brought the original Twilight fanfic, oh, that's um, so good. and they were like it was it was the original thing she wrote. The characters were still called Ella, um, Bella, and Edward. They yeah. weren't yet. She hadn't changed their names to Christian and. Mary Jane, whatever it is, Anna. closer to Anna. Anastasia, um, it's like, Jane, you know, you know random like whatever. Her name is. whatever. <laughs> um, and it is a Paul. It's so weird. It's like because there's no cussing in it, right? Because it's still got like that weird, the like the tradition of like the Mormon kind right, of right, tradition yeah. from Twilight. But she'll be like. Holy cripes, that smarts when he like spanks her, and it's just so weird. <laughs> I hope they keep the like, language in the movie. It's like, it's like some hardcore it's, scene, and then holy cripes, holy cripes, that smarts that when you spank me. That hurts my, my, my bottom when you take me with a spoon. It's like so bizarre. Wait, and it is, did she get spanked with a spoon? No, no. Like I, a ladle? Well, no, she gets spanked. <laughs> she spanked with um, several things. Soup is no, hot. There's several things she spanked with. Obviously, I mean, well, we're talking uh, about no, the yes and Let's dig into it. No spoilers. Or a spoilers. Uh, I don't if, if you care about spoilers for this, go away forever. <laughs> so, so okay. So what does she get hit with? I want to know. Um, to the it's best like of my to, tails, right? to the best of my recollection, recollection. Pardon me. Okay, I want to say two things. First of all, this is not like it's so poorly written, and it's definitely <laughs> not the best female erotic. What did she get spanked with? <laughs> There's much better female erotica out there. What is it? Um, Oh my god! Question. I could name you several series. We could talk about that, but we don't want to go down there. We're so not I think going there. so. She's it, she gets spanked with his hand. Obviously, she gets spanked with like one of those whips that has the cat multiple. Cat of nine tails. It's cat not a cat tails. of nine tails. Cat of four got, tails. It's got. It's not a got four tails. Cat of six. Oh, forget <laughs> she gets spanked it. with like a, a whip. Like a she whip. Gets, a jaguar. She gets, I think like, but she doesn't get spanked all that much because. I mean, do we care about spoilers? No, I just said, if you care about spoilers, <laughs> Yeah, she was like, she has him pull back from the hardcore nature of the BDSM really quickly. They treat it almost like it's an addiction, where like he still kind of has to like, they have to manage it, but she doesn't want it to be to the point that she's in serious pain. 
Okay, here's what I say to anybody who wants to go watch this movie. Go watch Secretary instead. Because yeah, it's awesome. Secretary is a great movie. And we actually, Jim and I, had wanted to do a whole feature about like the best kind of like sexy sex movies, erotic <laughs> movies that are actual movies and not porn. Um, out there, this will not be its generation's last tango. So, I'm pretty but, sure but, we're but not. You've got things like, I mean, I just wanted it to be like nine and a half weeks. You know how well, like nine and a half. Interesting enough, it might be more like that than we think because. You know, Kim Basinger and and um, and Mickey Rourke hated each other, and there are all these reports, and you can see the videos, like even off camera. The, it doesn't look like Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dorner, who plays Christian, uh, uh -huh. yeah. like each other, they and they yeah. seem like they have no chemistry, and they really seem like they don't like being around but each nine other. Nine and a half and I think was that's still hot. Yeah, I think it was yeah. still hot. I think Adrian Lynn could have brought yeah. something to this project. I mean, that's he the really thing. Like, Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger didn't like each other, but for the, in their case, like happens hate sometimes. Sex. It was like hot hate sex. You know, it was like yeah, get these it. two seem like they don't <laughs> want to have. <laughs> yeah, get it. <laughs> these two seem like they don't really want to go for coffee together. No, and and it's funny because they, you know. It's that same character like Bella was, where she's like all like, oh my god, I, I want to. All she does is like apologize for existing, and then he, it, it just there's no <laughs> apologize. For you, there's like no basis like, for a strong. I don't <laughs> see. And when I look at that trailer, my biggest fear about the movie was that it was just going to be really boring, and it wasn't going to be. I I needed it to either to be actually really hot. Um, or just so ridiculous that it was hilarious, yeah. and it just looks boring. It's gonna have uh, 20 minutes of sex in it, though, and it's an, almost an NC-17. Wait, 20 uh, minutes of continuous sex? Or like, no, just 20 uh, minutes. Like uh, I don't know. Minutes, like in total? Yeah, it's a 100-minute running time and 20 minutes of it. Which I'm kind of like, this is content. a sex movie, it and 50, only 20 yeah, minutes of full. sex seems kind of small, but... I think that's <laughs> totally not enough sex. Yeah. That's totally More not sex, enough please. sex for a sex movie. In fact, I think <laughs> it's not. In fact, I think that we should do, like, we should go and look back at some of these other movies and see how much sex per capita. But Basic Instinct about. doesn't have as many sex scenes as people remember. It, it has a lot it's more. Much it has more nudity. Murder, it's yeah, movie. murder it's mystery. It's much more murdery. Yeah. Yeah. I, that movie is good, and it actually, the I sex, like that movie. The sex yeah. movie in the sex in that movie actually feels like Oh, it's like hot. It's like yeah, it's um, like hot weird sex. Uh, what's the what's the word for it? Steamy, it's just, erotic, uh, uh, titillating. It's titillating. Scintillating. Yeah. Scintillating. Arousing. It's also I'm running out of words. It's saucy, and I kind of feel like this is going to be saucy. very chaste, even though it's a sex movie. Yeah, it's going to feel really like <laughs> it's going to be like, still like Twilight. Uh, but that's what I'm the saying. The Family Guy that's... stuff of like the British porn. Yes, yes, good show. That's the weirdest. That's <laughs> the yes, weirdest yes, thing about happened. the source material is that it's like it's like got this like holier than thou moralistic tone, and yet there's also the pain room, you know, or like he called the playroom, which is like where all of his toys and all of that. Is are. that where you go to play Xbox? Yeah. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. the only trailer we care about. God, we're going to yeah. talk about sex a lot, aren't we? Uh, all right, so... Magic Mike. Magic Mike. Magic <laughs> Let's Mike. talk about Magic Mike XXL, which sells uh, uh, humor and, and titillation and all that in a much better... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say a much better package. <laughs> Uh, much better kind of way. Worst. Yes. You know, and then like the, the it's got the flash dance kind of callback. Oh and God. then just the even the way he ends it with magic and then he spins magic mike. Well, you know the funny thing about magic mike was the first one is that like so many women I think went into that the that movie thinking that they were going to get like showgirls for girls, you know what I mean? The ver like the the male yeah. version of showgirls. But really it was Tulane Blacktop of the male stripper movie. It was like <laughs> this like really like totally Soderbergh-esque <laughs> elliptical kind of story yeah. and I actually loved it for that reason. I'm yeah. like because you still get your like dancing McCon and your dancing Tanny. I mean, you still get you still the guys get the, running around. You still around. get the banana flapping. You still get the banana flap. <laughs> but within that, it's like this really. They're not taking that away from you. <laughs> no, not in our America. You know what I mean? Like you came for the banana flap and you stayed. <laughs> you, you stayed for the two lame blacktop. For the two lame blacktop. From and flap it, to top. <laughs> it, it, like I loved it for that because it was a total like Steven Soderbergh doing his thing, where he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to make my weird Soderbergh movie, but it's going to." have naked guys in it so everyone will see it. I love the Soderbergh <laughs> exit from film, basically. His like last three films. <laughs> and a flap. This is out. it. Like, this is it. This out. is it. You know, like, <laughs> Magic Mike the last among one. them was amazing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, and I think the interesting thing is like, I, you talk to like straight dudes especially, 
love this movie yeah. if they give it a chance. If they like have like unless unless you've got like real issues with seeing dudes, like I think if you're comfortable with your sexuality, yeah. it's a good fun movie. Everybody's charming in it. It's a good story. Yeah. Is it would you consider it a male empowerment story? <laughs> I mean, in a way, I I, I feel like you I mean, know, in a so, weird way, isn't it kind of a male fantasy though to age? be worshipped by women like by, that? For your body, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I think most men I would say in America, especially but like in worldwide, I don't want to rip on men in America, but like I think most dudes don't just have average bodies or below average bodies. And like everybody, it's it's the same. Like I think dudes look at that and they're like, I wish my body was better, you know, I wish women thought of me that way. Yeah. In some ways, you know, like I think I think there is a fantasy like that. And nobody it's talks like about a James that. Bond because dudes thing. Don't like put you that wanna be there. that's the dude like that's the man women wanna be with and men wanna be. I mean, yeah. you're selling. That's the fantasy they're selling, basically. I think Matthew I, McConaughey. I, I don't think. Well, j- well, just the just the idea in general. Like, they're like, you know, he's a man's man, but l- you guys, ladies you love guys him, don't you know? feel objectified and used. And I don't think I. I, I, hey, I'll I work put at some, IGN. That happens to me every. I'll day. put something out there. <laughs> I don't believe in objectification. I. I think that there, you know, if you are a person. Who of course, a sexy whore like you would think that. No, if, 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 if you're a person who can't <laughs> divorce sort of like the idea of like just seeing somebody's image and not thinking that they're a person beyond that, like that's your problem. That's not that image's problem necessarily. You know, like I think as a society, you know, it's it's you know we we put out certain messages and stuff like that. But like I don't know, is this objectifying men? I don't think so. I mean. Is it a double standard that you couldn't make a movie like this with women now? I feel like oh, you could totally you could make another Showgirls. I don't think you could. I don't. Oh, think, yeah. I don't think you could. I don't think I you do. could make it on a at a studio girls. level. Yeah, you couldn't make it like this. You yeah. couldn't. You couldn't just be well, like in your face. Well, they didn't spend that much money on Magic Mike. I don't think it's not. But like, I mean, it's 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 got backing, so yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. it's it's coming out and it's a big release. But anyway, I mean, I could go on and on about it. But I'm just saying, like, I think objectification is a really slippery slope. It's like a really hard thing to sort of quantify and, and talk about. It's speaking <laughs> of objectification, <laughs> quantify. It's I don't. Know. Eight and a quarter. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of objectification, uh, Furious Seven. What? There's a that Fast and Furious franchise. Let's. They they never saw. It objectifies cars. Uh, But also, I mean, look. There's a lot of eye candy. There's always, you know, women in bikinis kind of trouncing through. Like seriously, they could be anywhere. They could be at the Louvre, and they'd be walking through there in, in a fact, bikini. There and is they a were... sequence at the Louvre. No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, any, anyways, uh, that trailer dropped, and you know, I, there's nowhere else for them to go except space. I think. I really think the next one, they need to be on the moon because yeah. there's a scene. Is it in Abu Dhabi or uh, Abu Dubai Dhabi. or somewhere? Abu Dhabi. And uh, the basically Vin Diesel. Drives the car mm-hmm. through one building, jumps out, takes out all this like priceless like uh, yes. uh, ancient like terracotta warriors, <laughs> jumps out of the car as it then goes over the side yeah, yes, it is through amazing. another building. There's and, like, so much. I was sitting there watching that trailer and just howling, laughing, but it wasn't laughing so at much it. Fun. It was laughing <laughs> yeah, with it. Just, it. Like, it's awesome. Like because it's so much fun to watch. It is so that franchise. I think what's great about it is that it 100. percent it's the opposite of Jupiter Ascending in the sense that it 100% knows what it is yeah. and it rolls right over. Rolls. It rolls right there. into it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just freaking amazingly stupid and awesome. And, and we love it for that. We I mean, love it, And yeah. the thing is, it gets better with each one. Like, it does. Yeah, the series yeah. should be well, seriously, like, running out of gas by now. But it's <laughs> wow. like, but it should, like, it should technically have been like, oh, God, not another one. Now, when they, whenever they show it something more, you're like, dude, there's another effect. Yeah, I mean, the, the cars out of planes through the. I mean, there was a little bit of a fight sequence. Um, yeah. Another one with Michelle Rodriguez, where with Ronda Rousey is who she's fighting. Um, who's a real fighter. Um, and just all. I of think sweet. Michelle Rodriguez at this point is a real fighter. Like she, she can fight. Did I ever tell you my story about the first time I ever interviewed Michelle Rodriguez and what she said to me? So it was for Fast and. No, it's for Fast and Furious, the fourth one, all right? And so we're getting a whole cast, uh, and it was my first time meeting some of them, including her. So I sat down. I was a little nervous. It was a little earlier on in my career of actually interviewing people. I had right. been doing the writing stuff before that. But uh, So I sat down. The camera's not rolling in. I try to make small talk. I'm like, so uh, where are you from? She goes, where am I from? I don't know. My mother's vagina? <laughs> 
And that was how I met Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to be a long interview. She and then flash forward a couple of years and she's trying to be, for some reason, she must have, I, I don't know if it was after one of her arrests or whatever, but now she's trying to be more prim and proper. And I brought uh, that up to her, trying to like cut the, break the ice uh, there. And she just starts laughing. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I thought it was hilarious. I had, <laughs> I had Pete once uh, apologize to me years hilarious. later after I had interviewed him like years, like probably eight Who? years ago. Pete Wentz. Oh. Um, and then I talked to him um, around uh, Alice in Wonderland because he mm -hmm. did a song with Mark Hoppus of Blink-182. And he was like, really sorry for the way I used to be. Like, that's how he kicked off the interview. He oh, was basically wow. like, you know, I used to be kind of like awful and I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I was like, wow, Somebody dude. Somebody had a life really awakening. Nice. That's really kind nice. Kind of interesting. Yeah. She, Michelle Rodriguez, the first time I interviewed her, just went on a tear about Dungeons and Dragons. There are, like, there are a lot like more. A hard, was like a hardcore D&D There player. are a lot more actresses out there, including uh, Roth has a video interview up now with Mila Kunis. Actresses who are geeks yeah, that you guys sure. might not know. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the Fast and the Furious, like Vin Diesel, they're all geeks. Well, I think that's yeah. why she and Vin Diesel actually are really good friends and connected. Is that's yeah. one of the reasons is like they he's, he was a, he he definitely was a big D and D he, guy. What, D &D, he's a huge gamer, huge gamer yeah, comic general. books. All yeah, he's been wanting to do like a uh, a video game of or did he already make it of uh, Hannibal? And I don't mean the serial killer. I mean the well, the. Uh, Carthaginian general. Yeah, right? he's so. trying to make that movie forever. I yeah, mean, he he's obviously uh, had you know had his own video game studio, worked on the Riddick games mm -hmm. and all that stuff, and uh, big gamer outside of that. Yeah, big big fan of all things geeky. All things. So geek. of all these projects, then which one was uh, of all these trailers? Oh wait, we didn't even talk about Jurassic World yet. Well, that's the one I would say. Jurassic yeah. World then too had a, a bit more footage um, than the last one. We have a rewind theater on it. But of, of all these uh, new trailers this week, which one? You like the dinosaur whisper. I mean, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I liked it. I liked Jurassic World, but it didn't show us much else. I mean, I think of new stuff. I think Magic Mike was the most like interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Fast Fast Seven was yeah. awesome. Fast yeah. Seven. Furious Seven. I, I would go oh, with. Seven. I would go with <laughs> Furious Seven. I yeah, just, I guess like, you're it was right. so much Furious fun seven. to watch that trailer. I mean, yeah. it was like fun in a different way to watch the other ones too. Yeah. But I, that was the fun one. Fun in various ways. That was the one that I really felt like I was having the exact experience of joy that the trailer wanted me to yeah. have. Yeah, Furious 7 <laughs> you know made me want to see the movie. Yeah. Magic Mike XXL makes me want to see the movie, but with the in the right company, yeah. you know? And then... Um, so the two of you. Jurassic World. <laughs> <In> the company. <laughs> exactly, yes. Enjoy, oh my God, uh, what's his face yes, there? Uh, so messed up. Neil LaBute should do uh, <laughs> the next Magic Mike movie. Oh my Mike God, movie. I, would, I would pay big money to see <laughs> Neil LaBute's take Magic, Magic Mike. Mike. Oh my God, that would I'll be, pitch that if we ever... Now that would, if we're talking about objectification, that would be a different kind. Oh my God, yeah, that would be... That would <laughs> be like more like vicious. straight This would be years later when Magic Mike's going through a bitter divorce and all his... Is just crap just comes out, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't really I swear that anymore. Movie. Uh, so, all right, so I would also go with Jurassic World. Uh, I mean, not with Furious Seven, uh, because I'm like, oh, for God's sake, really? I'm in. <laughs> like, so okay. Yeah, any movie, any movie that gives you that reaction and then delivers yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. By the way, The Rock with the the, the chain gun. At yeah. The end? yeah. Although that's kind of like harkening back to Roadblock and G.I. Joe in that trailer where he brings out the 50 cal. Okay, so if it wasn't enough to have cars out of jumping out of planes, Jason through Statham, buildings, though, grenade launchers, Jason Statham, machine guns, you, ha you gave me one line with... Paul Walker? No, well, no, that's the whole sad thing. Let's not go there. Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. you're, you're, you know you're how sweet I feel about him. I'm sure. so sweet on Kurt Russell. Yeah. He like I like if I had to pick my number one action hero, it'd probably be Kurt. I can defend this. Challenge me. Um, probably be Kurt Russell. I'm not talking about somebody like Bruce Lee who can really like fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just like that quippy, one-line, charming. Awesome, Hopefully sexy. Chris Pratt will kind of Harrison that Ford mental. for this guy. Though. I mean, yeah. there's Harrison Ford too, but there's just something about Kurt Russell. I, yeah. I just, I mean, you. He's you rougher around like the edges than pretty much. Snake Plissken, yeah. and yeah. so like that one line from him, I was like, yes, stuntman yes. Mike, stuntman Mike. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not well, really an action hero that's there, not really. but he was awesome though. Elvis yeah, for me when he played Elvis. Yeah, he was great. He was great, Elvis. He, you know why? Because he worked with Elvis when he was a little kid. I can't think of a Kurt Russell role that I don't like though. Um, 
Winter not, maybe, People. Was I might not love the movie, but <laughs> I still love him. He's great. You know what? He's great. People forget he uh, he worked with Mike Knuckles and Meryl Streep and Silkwood. He's yeah, he did. That. He was so great. He's great in that. Um, and then he's been in. I mean, he's that. Ca- he can deliver a cheesy line and sell it like nobody else. Nobody Overboard. Over, but but that's the thing is no, like even if, you, love yeah, that movie. Like if you don't even if you don't your voices went up so high <laughs> I don't even know every dog in the neighborhood just yelped <laughs> he met he met Goldie Hawn when they were doing Swing Shift yeah don't test me he met Goldie Hawn when oh, they I were know. doing Swing Shift um, actually that's when they met yeah. on that movie I don't know if you guys remember that it was like yeah, basically yeah. the women had taken over the job Jonathan the Demi direct that did he and he was like a and and wasn't Kurt like a jazz musician or something. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, he actually. I think he worked with her, and then oh, she okay. became the foreman, and it was like a whole. Anyway, oh. sorry, long long story endless. Um, I love Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the thing too. Pretty. Oh, oh, the thing. Pretty. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, let's let's move on to uh, some Star Wars news that came up this week. The Gareth Edwards directed standalone movie that Chris Weitz, we now know, is going to script, and we talked about that last week. But um, Felicity Jones, who's in The Theory of Everything, nominated for Best Actress, I believe, and uh, she is also, she is... uh, Is it supporting? I think she's nominated for Best Actress. I'm I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but the... um, Because it's not like I work in movies, (laughs) David. But she is, uh, by all accounts, the female lead of this standalone movie of course we don't know much about it but that has not stopped you guys the folks at home to send us reader emails about this and this one comes from shane oh i read this one this is shane from texas uh hello shane again shane uh what do y'all think because he's writing from texas so yeah, he has I mean, to say, say what, what do y'all think the odds are that felicity jones is going to play uh, uh ahsoka tano from the clone wars we animated show this. And, um, and he says, assuming the film will take place around the time or shortly before episode four, Felicity is about the same age as uh, Ahsoka would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he goes on. But w- w- do we think that they're going to use an established character like that? I want that? them to. I mean, it's funny because I feel like when Scott was here, didn't we talk about yeah, perhaps Yeah, we, we did mention Ahsoka? one of those kind of yeah, possibilities. I, mean, I know. I feel like the fan base of Clone Wars would be behind it. I think it'd be really cool to see Ahsoka. I don't know if... I mean, at this point, it could be anything, you know, so it's really, it's so hard to speculate, but I will say that Felicity Jones, I think, is a great actress. Mm. She's another person that I've never seen her in a role that I did not enjoy her in. Even in in Amazing Spider-Man 2? I didn't say, no, no, I'm saying that I didn't (laughs) like her. I might not like the film, but I think she's a really good actress. Yeah, Um, I I feel like I don't think they'll go that route. I think they'll probably invent but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think they're going to invent that. Why do you just want to hurt me? I don't want to hurt you. I don't. There, yeah. was, there was also Aaron Paul was up for that. And uh, well, yeah, that's so another part of it. That Aaron <laughs> Paul and, and Edgar Ramirez are being looked at for male leads. Okay, Aaron Paul had been rumored before for being young Han Solo. I think he's... I love Aaron Paul, but he's wrong for that role. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Edgar Ram- Ramirez, though, I think would be an interesting pick if they're going to go with one of the Fets because if they're... Going with Mandalorians, like yeah. I think he'd be great for that. Yeah, and he's for sure. he's an intense actor. He was the best thing in Deliver Us from Evil that uh, that I mm-hmm. uh, reviewed a couple of months ago. Um, he's just a fine actor, and and I think he would be he would help ground that movie in, in sort of a if you needed any bit of gritty realism, he could bring that edge. Uh, so I, I'd be stoked to see, to see him in, in there. In terms of that, you, you you know, like how many different kinds of tones. Will the spinoffs mm. have? I mean, I is mean it that is interesting. Like, I'd will love it, it if you do like explore different levels? Yeah. Could you do a flat out like, not that Star Wars has ever really been scary, but like a darker kind of like, yeah. like monster ridden one, or could yeah. you do a completely With goofy like, kid friendly one? Edwards. Yeah. I, I mean, I think eventually it's <laughs> who it's, knew? It's Disney. I think they might explore that palette. You know, I think they could do something even Star Wars animated that yeah. could be one of the in between. I mean, movies. you could do a total kid friendly movie. I mean, look. Ragging it all you want, rag on it. That's eh, the kids don't say that anymore, do they? No, they probably no. don't. Uh, but like Jedi with the Ewoks. Yeah, 
I loved Ewoks. I loved yeah. Ewoks, When you were too. a kid, you loved that stuff. Yeah. Um, even I mean, now. I, I had Ewoks. Ewoks. Hey, I, I um, bought dogs that look like Ewoks because of that. I, I was one of the Ewok-only Ewok. video games. You stole an I, actual I have Ewok. an actual Ewok. Warwick Davis has been chained to your radiator my for radiator for years. years. It's oh, like oh, misery wow. with Ewoks. Misery. Oh, when you have to break those little paws. Ooh, it doesn't matter. I just love you so That's where the dead Ewok ended up. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's where all the jump jump went. Don't right? make it's fun of that, basement. man. You made it like mockery, but that is the saddest thing that happened. It to me really that is. Game. I was really like, is. why do you have to die, why? Ewok? You know, you know what, though? There are numbers in that. They only lost one. The stormtroopers lost almost that's, all of their numbers. That's true. Ewoks, like the Ewoks. Fierce. The Ewoks little. came out the winners, and that's yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Um, I do think it'd be interesting, though, sort of like the Marvel universe. The oh, we're never getting off Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> like the Marvel, you just look like an Ewok to me right now. Great. <laughs> Chief Chirp all up, in, all up in this chair. That's cool. Start floating. Yeah. You just look like an Ewok to me right now. Uh, um, this is all on camera, people. Just really, remember that. I'm really hoping that... Remember yeah. he does your review. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> the people, I love Ewoks. The people, uh, the people who are only listening to this and not privy to the video don't know how much of an Ewok but you I actually look like. do look like an Ewok um, okay so listen like the Marvel Cinematic Universe it would be cool if they had yeah if they had a lot of different tones to the, yeah. these movies if they really like did have one that was sort of like the street level one for lack of a better word or something that's a little more gritty homeless yeah. Jedi Ooh, homeless. Oh, I, think we all, I think we all like the idea of a bounty Wandering hunters the movie bounty hunters yeah. a little yeah. grittier and and you know, the idea of this heist thing that has come out about this standalone movie, I think is interesting, trying to steal the, the plans for the Death Star. Yeah, that was a rumor. That's a brilliant idea. That, mm -hmm. that idea, if, if, that, if that, was that was just a rumor, rumor that, I, would, hey, I would take that as <laughs> Disney and be like, yeah, that's not a rumor anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now we're we're going to make something out of that. Um, I want to move on from Star Wars to Star Trek. Uh, because there were some rumors, and again, we, we stress that they're rumors. They're from a fairly new site called Film Divider, and I can't vouch or or not you know say i i don't know these guys they seem to have come out of nowhere at least to me uh but they had a couple of things this week that uh I'd like to mention again just strictly as rumor uh star trek the third star trek movie which is going to start filming in april and i believe it was vancouver um according to the site uh they're looking at a brian cranston type if not brian cranston himself uh, to play the villain in the movie. <laughs> That's when you, By the way, when you're trying to cast somebody as a Brian Cranston yeah. type, it, it means, hey, Brian Cranston. Uh, you just know what we're looking pay for. Pay attention <laughs> to this. Yeah. Um, as the villain, but more interestingly, that three new female characters, uh, Leonard McCoy's Bones, Dr. McCoy's ex-wife, would be <laughs> the, the, the main female character, which would be interesting because it would take it away from Kirk and Spock and... Finally, give McCoy a spark. Give McCoy more because you look back at the old show. That was the Trinity. Those three guys. Yeah. Now it's Kirk, Spock, and Uhura. And I feel like the Spock Uhura relationship in that last movie really got hurt. They really yeah. didn't do Uhura, I think, any justice in that story. Yeah. But the other two characters, one would be a uh, a female starship captain who would be sort of a foil for Kirk. I don't know if it would necessarily be a love interest, but it could be of course it an antagonist be. of some kind. But, but that they also kind of wanted Bond. Or maybe they did. Kirk's got a That's lot true. of uh, yeah. his black yeah. book. Kirk, has I mean, let's out there. talk about it. Like Kirk's a little bit of a he's, he's a, a little bit of a whore. He's a bit of a, he's a, bit space of a whore. slut. Yeah, yeah he's a little he bit is. of a slut. <laughs> and then I'll the last it. female character is the new president uh, is a president <laughs> the, the president of the Federation, which would be, I believe, uh, the first woman uh in in within at least filmed continuity to to inhabit that role they've usually been men i think kurt witt smith played him in star trek six um but so those are the three things now for as far as cranston goes i think i could totally see him as like some deranged old captain mm -hmm. yeah like i just, i gotta but they did kind of deranged captain old with captain the last one in the last one so yeah. But I, I like, just want him I, to be I do some think kind like, of badass Romulan or something. Yeah, let's slap could some skull parts a, on him. As a, uh, could you see him as a Klingon? Could you see sure. him yeah. as? If Christopher Lloyd can be one of my favorite Klingons ever, so can Brian. My Cranston. favorite Klingon this fall in NBC. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it. Brian Cranston is like infinitely talented. They should he, get him and Aaron Paul to play like yeah. two Klingons. Like he, they. 
who <laughs> make Klingon meth. Um, they, you know, there's like, to me, there's nothing he really can't do. So. Hey, Mr. Krug. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be great. Uh, so that's, that's this week in Star Trek rumors. Another rumor is uh, from the same site, Film Dividers, about G.I. Joe 3. And this one is interesting. Uh, that Tomax and Zamoth, the two twins, would be the villains in this movie. But beyond that, that yeah. one possibility is that um, another character would be, um, that it would be basically a, a um, crossover with Mask, another toy line from the 80s. And it was, uh, I think his name was Matt Tracker or something like that. Because you can't get a Mask movie on its own made, so... Might as well cross over with mask and then spin it and out. And since right? they're not really going to do like um, um, the uh, which one calls it the crossover with the with the transformers, you know. Wow. Mm -hmm. We don't know that that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think, there. wouldn't that be kind <laughs> of interesting happens. though? Like here, let me. I'm, I'm going to bring up the the report real quick. Uh, it's basically the, the way that they, if you guys don't know what mask it was, it was a 1980s toy line and cartoon. And it stood for, um, hold on, I have it here, bear with me, Mobile Armored Strike Command, command with a K. Yep. And basically the character, according to this report, is Matt Tracker. And even though they, they did do a G.I. Joe figure for this character, so I don't know, what do you guys think? Could, could this be, uh, would that work? To work? Yeah, why not? I mean, anything, I mean it's already based on toys. And yeah, anything can work, you know, <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean it will, but... I want to say this about... Anything can work in the right hands. About crossovers. I'm worried, tell me if you guys are worried or not, um, if if uh, Jump Street and Men in yeah. Black <laughs> is successful, I'm worried that that will start a trend of some weird, horrible mashups that don't get the point of the mashup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing is like... I'm not really worried about any of it, you know, like, at the end of the day, you know, like, at the end of the day, probably, you know, Jump Street and Men in Black could work, again, in the right hands, it could be a disaster in other hands, we could, this could burst some really beautiful disasters, yeah. you know, like, these could, these could burst some so bad, they're amazing kind of epics that we will love for years to come. That's true. I want to bring up um, uh, a couple of other quick news items. Um, and then we can kind of move on from there. Um, we have, uh, let's see, uh, da, 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 da. sorry, I lost my place. Did I mention Rose Byrne was coming back for X-Men Apocalypse? You did not. As, as, doc, awesome. as Moira McTaggart, not mm -hmm. Dr. McTaggart, like in the, in the comics, she's a CIA agent. And of course, at the end of First Class, she had her memory kind of wiped mm -hmm. of her time with the X-Men. So uh, she is going to play, a par according to Simon Kinberg, the writer-producer, an important role in the movie. And it, of course, picks up 20 years after the events of First Class. It'll be set in the 80s, and they are looking at, you know, 80s-esque villains and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then finally, uh, they want to do a, a live-action Astro Boy movie, which begs the question, um, hey, the Astro Boy animated movie flopped. Yeah, I don't like, get that at all. Like, like, why? I, don't, I, I just don't even really want it. Yeah, no, neither do I. That one is a little, a bit of a head scratcher. Like, I'm not, like, if it was going to work, I feel like it would have worked as the animated movie, which it did not. Yeah. The Robotech thing I'm kind of interested in. They announced the they're working on Robotech and yeah. crew yeah. from yeah. 300. The gang, yeah, the gang from 300. And um, then John like Wick 2 Getting is also in development. And which? John Wick 2. Yeah, I like that too. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit to Lance Reddick about how they could continue on with John Wick in just the hotel. Continue on with John Wick. Um, well, I think, I mean, we've, we've already kind of uh, guessed that SpongeBob will, will defeat American <laughs> Sniper this weekend. Um, sorry we didn't have time for more reader email, but give us your thoughts. Keep it at real at IGN.com. Give us a shout out in the, uh, in the comments and on uh, iTunes, some props over there. Find us on Twitter at, at Roth Cornette, at Chris Carl, at Stax, S-T-A, S-T-A-X-I-N-I-G-N. Don't even bother <laughs> looking for me if I can't even say it. But until, oh, in, in real quick in closing, quick recommendation from each of you of something people should watch, whether it's an indie film, something like that. Here's mine for this week. An old Lee Marvin, Gene Hackman crime movie called Prime Cut. And, and Gene Hackman plays this, uh, I think he's like a Kansas or Kansas City uh, mobbed up farmer. And nice. he basically... 
he runs like a, a uh, um, like a sausage factory, and he cuts up bad guys that go to shake him down, turns them into sausage, sausage, turns them into sausage, and sends them back to Chicago. And Lee Marvin plays that movie. It, sounds the Chicago. like the worst. No, it's awesome. It's a doesn't great... it sound like the worst? <laughs> ah, I get it. Yeah, and and uh, Lee Marvin and I, I seriously I think Gene Hackman's character's name is Mary Sue, something that. like that. He's got like a kind of a girl's name, but check it. out that movie if you can. Roth, quick, you go, quick you, recommendation. You go next because um, I, I All right, one of my, my favorite mind. movies, uh, total movie that comes out of like uh, how you feel coming out of college, uh, this movie Kicking and Screaming, not the Will Ferrell one. It's uh, written and directed by Noah Baumbach, uh, who went on to collaborate a lot with Wes Anderson later. He, he co-wrote Zizou and stuff like that. It's awesome. It is super quippy. Super, super fun. Um, it's on Criterion on DVD. I don't know where you can stream it, but you should check it out, Kicking, kicking and Screaming. You know what I'm going to recommend is a movie that came out this year with Mike Fassbender called Frank that oh, I don't think a lot of people... Year. Last year, yeah, called yeah. Frank. Um, yeah, what year are we in? What's going on? Um, I, I don't think it's the best movie in the world, but it, it's, it's really a fun indie movie. It's like... it's it's. It's kind of about music and fame and what's what that's all about. Um, Donald Gleason, who's also in Star Wars, is also yep. in this movie. Um, I would check out Frank. Check it out. All right, kicking and screaming. Frank, prime cut. It's on Netflix. On okay, uh, guys. As always, thank you for listening, watching. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>